Hi everybody, welcome to the latest edition of 42 to Doomsday. I'm Mark. And I'm Robert. And today we're going to talk about that wonderful topic, missing episodes. Most of you are probably aware there's been a great deal of interest uh, sparked with uh, talk of uh, 90 episodes, a massive haul of 90 episodes being returned from of all places, Africa. Uh, Just as a bit of background to uh, missing episodes, the main uh, source or resource that you can look at is a a book called Wipes, uh, available from Telos Publications, uh, and the author is uh, Richard Molesworth, part of the restoration team. It's a great, great source, as we'll discuss later in the the episode. Um, But just with regards to missing episodes, I mean, most people know the bare bones of the story in terms of uh, the BBC. Uh, everything was recorded on videotape with the exception of a couple of stories that were recorded on uh, 35mm, I think. Uh, but basically, uh, for, for reasons to do with uh, storage space and the lack thereof, and of course, uh, videotape being hideously expensive in 1960s Britain, uh, and BBC Engineering, who were the ones who purchased the tapes and then farmed them out, uh, having a limited budget and you know pressuring production teams to you know reuse uh, previous uh, videotapes. Uh, none of Doctor Who on videotape exists it was all gone by the early 70s uh fortunately uh, the bbc even though it was uh, a state-owned organization or is a state-owned organization was fairly uh, commercial in its outlook and uh its arm bbc enterprises made uh, 16 millimeter tele recordings of these uh, video masters and then promptly sold them around the world with the exception of uh, one dalek master plan episode the feast of stephen so what we do have of 1960s black and white television, uh, black and white Doctor Who, is the 16mm telerecordings that have been returned in dribs and drabs from around the world. Some of it was held by BBC Enterprises, some of it was held by the BBC Engineering Department, some of it was gifted to the BFI um, when uh, BBC Enterprises was, uh, was, uh, was destroying its holdings. But uh, what we have uh, at the moment uh, and what has been returned, you know, of course, with the last two returns uh, in 2011, uh, 16 millimeter recordings. So basically, that that's that's the bare bones uh, look at uh, at why uh, missing episodes don't exist. So, Rob, currently there's lots of rumours and rumblings uh, running around the internet at the moment in terms of uh, have a, has a missing cache of episodes been found. Why do you think the uh, missing episodes uh, saga of Doctor Who creates such a passionate interest amongst fans? Well, uh, it's it's fairly clear that um, to fans, the 106 missing episodes of Doctor Who is just one of those, it's the great wound within fandom, that open wound within fandom that just won't heal. The, the, the very thought... I mean, fans by their very nature are fanatics, hence the word fan. And the idea that 106 episodes of the series that they clearly love uh, are missing, very likely irretrievably gone, is just something that, you know, it, it's it's like picking away at a scab. It's It does you no good, but you just can't stop. And the idea that they're all gone and will probably never, be, never come back is something that fans can't get over. So ever since the news... I mean, ever since... Um, 
1981 when DWM uh, published an article about the special. I think it was the winter special published an article detailing the 136 episodes that were missing at that time. A lot of fans at that a lot of fans at that time were sort of the the, the veil was torn away. And they realised to the great extent the damage that had been done to the uh, to the archives of Doctor Who. And it wasn't just Doctor Who. No, it wasn't just Doctor Who. I mean, clearly, it was a um, no genre of television within the BBC. And granted, the other uh, other networks within Britain, ITV, w- was safe from any particular purge. But again, it was just a question of space to a large extent. Um, you, you read stories of old dressing rooms in the basement of BBC TV Centre which converted into makeshift archives and then you know more more room having to be made and buildings having to be requisitioned to to store all this sort of thing uh, and of course there was you know the idea of uh, the union the equity was clearly worried about the possibility that the BBC would fill up their schedules with repeats and thus you know not allow their members to actually have work on new productions so uh, from that viewpoint it's perfectly understandable but at at the end of the day the BBC uh, had destroyed their video masters and due to contractual reasons, the black and white 16mm film prints that had been tele-recorded from the video masters went out, uh, their contracts ran out, and then they were destroyed. Uh, well, most of them were destroyed, but as, as the story goes on, uh, a, lot of them, a lot of them were returned, and a lot of them were found uh, within, uh, say, the BFI, uh, within BBC Enterprises themselves. Uh, and a number of them have, of course, famously in the last 30 years been returned largely from collectors and people like Ian Levine who've scaled the globe. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't just the fact that, you know, a certain department at the BBC said, we're going to just focus on wiping and destroying every visual record of Doctor Who. It was, you know, a blanket-wide uh, edict. They just, everything was pretty much, was open slather. Music, performances of great 60s bands were gone. Dad's Army, for example. All those comedies were uh, affected in some way. So it wasn't just... Doctor Who was targeted, which I think some people sort of forget about. Well, I mean, if you listen, if you listen to any, if you listen or read any particular, you know, TV uh, aficionados, they do lament the fact that Doctor Who has, has come to dominate all all sort of discussion about missing television, which is a great pity because there are better examples of television heresy, I know, but better examples of television that have been lost uh, irretrievably so because they themselves, those shows, never had the sort of worldwide coverage of sales that Doctor Who had, but. Um, but Doctor Who did, and we're here talking about it. So There was constantly other TV shows being returned all the time. Like, it's just been announced that another Sky at Night was, was found. Is that two or three? that f- They've got two of them back now. You know, we knew about one because it had Arthur C. Clarke in it, and they just announced, well, stealthfully, this second one's been announced as well. So mm-hmm. um, they've got two back. The show wasn't hardly ever sold abroad. So, again... Uh, a miracle that got them back from the deepest, darkest uh, reaches of Africa. Well, we'll touch on Africa a little bit later because that forms the bulk of uh, the rumours that, as I said, were convulsing, have been convulsing uh, Doctor Who fandom. But a lot of rumours have been circulating for, well, I suppose it's the last 12 to 18 months. What are those rumours? There's always been rumours. It just... They just keep going on. But these particular rumours recently have actually... The point where the BBC have actually come up with an official denial statement, which um, I suppose they didn't have to do, but they did do it just to wind things down. So the latest rumours were where a vast cache of episodes had been uh, found either in Asia or Africa or wherever in uh, in one of those countries... And the BBC, or somebody's been holding on to them ever since. 
um, hopefully starting to release them over the course of the anniversary year. There have been rumblings going around uh, for a while until a certain shipping manifesto then mysteriously turned up and of course it was absolute hell for leather and also Bleeding Cool um, outed the rumour and that just absolutely um, snowballed into a mini tornado which that then imploded but is still quietly rumbling in the background. I, th- I think it's important to sort of uh, disentangle uh, the rumours because everything seems to have been conflated into this 90 episode return when in actual fact 90 episodes is, uh, is only a recent manifestation and originally it was as I said a friend of mine was saying that's look when we say friends of ours etc etc we're getting information second or third hand our so-called sources are relying on sources of their own who they claim work within the BBC or have associates in the BBC or something like that. So everything we're discussing here with regards to this rumor has to be taken with a pinch of salt. But I mean, it's it's a really interesting it's a really interesting examination of why fandom gets so caught up in this sort of thing. So as I said, I, I, yourself and I were at the same be frank drinking session with some friends in in, in late two thousand and twelve. By the time the alcohol, we had discussed this before the alcohol kicked in. So I was given a list of, of stories, and there were, there were bits and pieces. I think there was Web of Fear, maybe an episode of The Savages. Um, and then these rumors kept on rumbling along. And, you know, I was, I'd been contacting people via, uh, via various, various message boards, Gallifrey Base, Rhubarbs, and, uh, and saying, well, you know, have you heard anything? What do you know about this? And in some instances, people professed, you know, ignorance. And some people said, yes, we have heard heard things now i'm sure there are always rumors bubbling away uh, about you know potential returns and all that sort of thing but the persistency of these rumors has been striking even though the details have shifted but as i was saying before 90 episodes has really only come up fairly recently the the rumor that has been going on for you know most of this year has been three particular stories uh, three particular obviously black and white stories i mean one of those was marco polo now you can understand why people would always return to marco polo for a story that had been sold i think 17 times or 17 prints had been struck on 16 millimeter the, the fact that there are no episodes at all is 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 one that people sort of hold hold out some hope for because of the sheer number that had been sold i would agree uh season one in particular was sold quite well the sales dwindled over the course of the uh, the following series but yeah that, that one's always been quite strange to me why nothing has been found from that and of course you know, we had a close uh, shave with it with the australian sensor clips apparently only a year or two before the um the recoveries in 96 uh, apparently they, they junked the the australian archives junked the the, the uh, extracts from it so we were tantalisingly close, but um, yeah, Marco Polo. I mean, that that story to me works quite well on audio. I would love to see you know the visuals to go with it. Yeah, it, it strikes you with being a production that you know predominantly a lot of people standing around talking, which you know Doctor Who does very well as long as the acting performances are good. And, and then the other story that uh, that pops up is the perennial favourite. This is part of the three story rumour. Is is the Web of Fear? Now, of course, episode one exists in the archives and a very effective uh, opener it is. Um, and Web of Fear has been persistent for many, many years as being returned. Even though the low, even though you'd have to take into account the fact that a, a large percentage of the Troughton stories that were sold overseas were had very few prints had been struck, in part because the show's popularity in terms of sales had waned, in part possibly conjecture has it that Terry Nation's attempt to get the Dalek uh, serial up and running in the US meant that sales of his you know the Dalek stories around the world had to be truncated 
which may have affected the sales of the Troutman stories, but I mean, it's neither here or there. Uh, but Weber Fair is, is part of the rumour. I mean, and you know, we can, the story itself, um, the, the Yeti, the Great Intelligence, the Brigadier. I mean, all the elements are very iconic. And again, it's it's interesting how, even though the Weber Fair rumours have been bubbling away for a number of years, that has been now attached to something that Stephen Moffat said uh, earlier this year, and the fact that he brought back the Great Intelligence uh, for the previous, well, you know, season seven A and well, season seven B, in actual fact. Um, it seems like a, it's something he said. Well, you know, you know, we'll have more television, more Doctor Who on television in 2013 than you know ever before, and uh, you know, something is something. It's just something largely to the fact that something has come up uh, that will surprise and delight fandom. Uh, so the link is, you know, the great intelligence, something from the 60s has, has been featured in modern day Doctor Who. What is Stephen Moffat talking about? Some fans have taken the ball and run. They've gone on a great frolic of their own saying he's actually referring to the return of the Web of Fear. One of the stars in that story, and it wasn't Fraser Hines' uh, journey to our shores last year. I wasn't actually at the event, but apparently when he was doing his uh, his uh, little spiel and whatever and, and convention anecdotes he actually mentioned he'd done a commentary for Web of Fear a friend of mine said to me uh, afterwards that guy's a you know he's pretty sharp he you know he's uh, he's on the ball he remembers everything from his time on his show for him to drop that in quite you know quite strange well that reminds me of uh what Anarchy Wills was alleged to have said uh either very early this year or late last year at a convention in the UK and that was sort of widely reported on on, on various internet forums that she had referred to power, power of the Daleks having been having been returned. Now there was some talk that she was actually referring to the remake, the fan remake that went out again uh, at around the same time. But there were people who had been at the uh, who had attended at the convention said that no, she wasn't referring to that at all. And in actual fact, someone who was accompanying her, who apparently is some is the person who runs her website, supposedly ushered her away, sort of saying, no, 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 you can't say anything anymore. Well, I mean, you could imagine what would happen if she actually turned around and said, you are aware that all episodes of that black and white story that I appeared in have been returned and that we're just awaiting their release later in 2013. You can imagine what, whether any of that is true. We can imagine it because it, it, just, it just happened. We've seen it. It's exactly it. Exactly. Chaos. And the other episode that's uh, rumoured as part of the three-episode haul, uh, separate from the 90 episodes, is Enemy of the World. Which is which is an interesting. I mean, if it is, it, it's interesting that that one has been thrown into the mix again. It's a Troughton. Three or four print, set of sets of prints were struck for it. If it has been ret- found in its entirety, I mean, go and buy yourself a Taslotto ticket because that would be extremely hard to believe. But those three stories have formed the, the most persistent aspect of the rumor, and then the ninety episodes just sort of came out of nowhere. A number of people who I've contacted who claim to be in the know. Uh, quite fervent in their belief that the the 90 episodes return story is entirely separate from the three episode, three story haul. The sort of debunking that's gone on via Philip Morris's website and the you mentioned it before the BBC's statement, which I thought was very equivocal um, and could be read any number of ways or you know essentially ignored, makes it seem that something. Well, I mean, you can't say something's going on because it's very hard to know what is going on. But again, the, the people you sort of sp- I've, I've I've spoken to uh, are very unequivocal. They believe firmly, based on their sources within the BBC, some stories in their entirety have been returned, and it's it's all very interesting. Now, I mean, we'll just I might, we might as well just move on to what's happened in fandom. 
the, the story that 90 episodes have been returned. And as you said, a, a shipping manifest for um, a, sh- a shipping firm called, I think, com was uncovered by a fan. Now, the problem with this is that it's a, it was essentially a, a website um, or a, initially a screen grab from a website. Now, any anyone can fiddle around with you know via Photoshop any particular screen grab, but uh, I believe a number of people, you know, I believe you could just access the site and, and see the shipping manifest, which said that three tons old film was the, were the two words that were used had been shipped to ship from Nigeria to a, an address in Liverpool. Now, when that went around, that caused a, you know quite a deal of excitement. I mean, you know, any time that you were looking at uh, say the main missing episodes thread on our post Gallifrey or Gallifrey bases, it's now known there were anywhere north of two hundred people, which is extremely unusual for a thread. Ordinarily, gets fifteen or twenty people looking at it at any given time. And then Ian Levine, um, the you know the, the probably the most famous episode hunter within fandom, uh, responsible for helping return a number of episodes to to, to the BBC in the, in the late seventies, early eighties. He claimed to have seen evidence, which turned out, I believe, to have been just this just this shipping manifest that made him believe that all stories, all all ninety episodes had been returned, and his rapturous joy lasted for an entire day. And then it turned out that, um, no, this wasn't the case at all, was it? No, so things are sort of bubbling along until Ian um, sort of uh, sent his grenade through it via Twitter. Do you think if he hadn't done that, things would have kept on bubbling along underneath? Or do you think it was gonna, it was going to blow up anyway? I think the fervour within fandom at that time, it meant that it would have blown up, if not on that particular day, then, you know, in the few days afterwards. They, these sort of things either you know they take on a life of their own or they they fizzle out, and unless there was a again you can fault Levine on any number of things, but his taking up of it may have prompted someone within the BBC to say, "Hang on, this is getting out of control. We need to say something." And they came, as I said, they came out with a fairly equivocal statement. But one of the interesting things out of all of this was that you could there was no denial of any sort from the usual suspects until much later on. And even when they did come out, the poor Venezes of the world, you could you could you could drive a truck through some of what they said. I don't understand why it was impossible. I don't understand why Steve Roberts, Richard Bignall, Richard Molesworth, Paul Venezes would sit on these threads and look at what was going on and then not say anything. In one respect, I can understand why you wouldn't you be sick and tired of having to deny yet again another rubbish rumor that made no sense, given what we know about missing episodes and their sales. And that was probably why. That, that's probably why. But I, I, on that score, I don't see why you couldn't come up with a two-sentence response. Nothing has been returned to the BBC since the return of Underwater Medicine Galaxy 4. Nothing is in transit to the BBC with regards to missing episodes from anywhere else in the world. There are no missing episodes having been returned that are being slated for release on DVD in 2013 and into the future. And that would have killed the rumour stone dead. They've come out and denied it now, but people are still not believing them. They're still convinced. So no matter what they come out and say, people still say, I think you're lying, I don't believe you. Whatever they say. And look, I agree. The problem is that people won't believe them. They could come out with a, and I don't know what I've just said, but they could come out with a with a flat out denial, and people will say, "But you're lying because the people who who pay you at the BBC are telling you to lie." So they're on a hiding to nothing. It, 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 I mean, I can I can understand 
which completely undermines what I just said before. But I can understand why they they if they're not able to contractually whatever, then that's fair enough. And I also read something by Paul Venezis where he said that they'd he was he found himself in a in a tricky position when in 2011 when one of those missing episodes returned. He, he had to work out whether we could they could say anything at that stage. Because he had an inkling that another episode would turn up, and in actual fact, you know, a, a couple of months later, uh, that other episode from the same source did turn up. Uh, so you can understand, you know, why he wouldn't have said anything initially, because fandom would have erupted. The person who had the the same person who had that second episode may have gone to ground completely and not handed it over, knowing perhaps there was a maybe something monetarily rewarding in it for him. Uh, so I mean, you can understand why they would in effect lie or not tell the whole truth or be very circumspect but i think that uh, apart from the rumors themselves which you know fandom went went berserk and now it's died down i mean it's the interesting question which we sort of touched on earlier why did they go berserk why did fandom go crazy across a number of forums why is it that people believe it's because now in the 50th anniversary year people are expecting or wishing they go to bed every night with it, you know, praying to whoever. This is going to be the year the stuff's going to come back. Half of it is just sheer willpower, hoping that something's going to come back. But in reality is, I mean, just imagine if, if it, I mean, God forbid it is true. I mean, it'd be great if it is true, but it'll just be absolutely meltdown. You know, I've had conversations with people and they say, actually, do you know what? I don't care about the 50th anniversary special. I want to see Marco Polo or I want that 90 episode rumor to be true. I'd rather have that than whatever's going on the anniversary year. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think it's also, given that it's the 50th anniversary year this year, a lot of people are, you know, looking back on their own experiences with the show and looking at its history uh, more closely or with a greater sense of appreciation. And as I said, you know, the missing episode saga, and it is a saga, is that great uh, unhealed wound in fandom where you've got a great swathe of episodes missing and people want to see. I mean, you know, up until under, uh, um, the um, Underwater Menace Episode 2 returned, Underwater Menace was regarded as a very, 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 very poor story based on the previously only existing episode. But the chance to see Patrick Troughton um, visually, you know, married up with the audio, was, was, was fascinating and fantastic. I mean, it gives a really good performance, and it's early on in his run. It's, you know, and a lot of it is the visual aspect of the man. I mean, he's got, he's got a great face for television. He's got a great face for the role. And seeing him, seeing him interacting with Zarov was, was an order of magnitude far more entertaining than merely listening to it on a, on a, on a scratchy audio. And, you know, kudos to Mark Ayers for fixing up the missing episode CDs. But um, being able to see that and being able to see Patrick Troughton, who is sadly underrepresented in, in the archives... Uh, is something that grips a lot of a, a lot of fandom, and you know, where common sense would would tell you that the likelihood of you know more missing episodes re- coming back is extremely unlikely, not impossible, but ex- extremely unlikely, and the possibility that there's ninety episodes that are going to be coming back from um, from Africa, thanks to you know apparently Philip Morris's best efforts, people just fall in love with that idea, and you know, the critical faculties. Don't entirely desert them, but the missing episodes thing is a lot like a religion. It's a lot like their religion. Your chief acolyte is Anne Levine. 
and uh, and your 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 wishes and hopes for these episodes to return are your prayers to a greater being. And um, and you can and you can see why you can see why people just just you know will sit on a forum and just comment and comment and comment and argue and discuss and point fingers and and you know the great the word that's come out the word for 2013 in, in fandom is passing you know passing Paul Venezes's comments and uh, it's like reading the entrails of a sacrificial uh, chicken. Uh, missing episodes the, the the BBC statement that came out last week you know what did she actually say what did the spokesperson say what did they mean by this when they said that what does Paul Venezes mean by his complete silence what does Richard Molesworth mean by his complete silence what does Tom Spilsbury mean by his complete silence you know there was talk about um, uh, DWM had had a, had, a, had a cover mocked up ready to go announcing the return of these episodes and people were you know had grabbed onto that it's like one of the 1,500 people who drowned on the Titanic, desperately grabbing at a, a piece of driftwood in the in the vain hope of living for an extra 30 seconds. This is a missing episode and we're going to see it before November 23rd. And here's a dilemma for you. If the Titanic was sinking and there's a piece of driftwood there or a can of, of, of you know of Marco Polo, which, which one would you go for as a Doctor Who fan? Well, the Doctor Who fan would gladly <laughs> clasp it to their breast and hold it all the way to the bottom of the Atlantic. Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed. Singing, my heart will go on. I had a little. I know I've had a little bit to do with returning missing stuff. I've, I helped return those power clips that feature on the Lost in Time DVD. It's a you know it's a small story which I won't bother to go into. But I mean I know in the nineties when I was sort of you know had finished uni and was um, just getting into work and and I was enraptured by the whole missing episodes thing and you know I was reading articles and uh, and, and stuff like that off the internet and fanzines that were devoted to it and. And all that sort of thing. You do get swept up in it because it's it's just it's that great mystery mystery in life. You know, where are they? Who has them? How do you get them back? You know, what, wouldn't it be great to have them back? And seeing numbers and names on a piece of paper for some reason just makes Doctor Who fans just go berserk. Did you ever read that article by Paul Lee, the Missing Without a Trace article? Remember that? Yes. It's a lot. Lots of speculation masquerading as fact. I think, and it's it's a real pity. That episode, the internet retains everything, so people still refer back to that. You can easily find it. Just type Paul Lee and missing episodes into Google, and it'll come up. It'll be one of the first searches to come up. It's it, it's a pity that that still exists because a lot of fans, sort of you know, new to missing episodes, do their own little bit of research and go around, and they come across this article and they think, oh. I'm the first person to actually ever read this, not looking at when it was actually written. And you know the same, and the same questions really come up based on on that sort of thing. You know, people are still sort of, despite Richard Molesworth's excellent, excellent book Wiped, which sort of puts to bed uh, rumors like you know what what actually happened to Tenth Planet Part Four. Logically, you know, logically, I mean, exactly. it, it did not it yeah. did not disappear from um, the Blue Peter production office after it was used for an excerpt. It was very likely returned to BBC Enterprises and then subsequently destroyed. I mean, episodes weren't destroyed in any particular order. Um, you know, there wasn't a, a systematic uh, scouring of the archives. Things happened in bits and pieces. Uh, and Tenth Planet 4 was one of those. But if you read Paul Lee, then, you know, there's all sorts of all sorts of funny things going on that in, you know, in the light of decent research like Molesworth and Venezes and Bignall, et cetera, et cetera, have undertaken makes complete perfect sense now. And as you said, that, that white book is that's the last living testament to the story of the missing episodes and sort of treat that as, as gospel of what's happened. Anyone out there anyone out there listening, you know, who doesn't have a copy of Wiped, I mean, just go out and buy it because uh, apparently there are there are still a few few errors in it, but I mean 
anything that long. It's almost 400, 500 pages of you know a lot of research. It's a combination of many years of research by Molesworth. I hardly recommend having a read of it. It's a bit dry, but if you're interested in missing episodes and you do not want to be misled by what's out there on the internet, have a read of that. Go to there's a website called Broadcast Who, uh, put together by New Zealand fan John Preddle, uh, which goes into great detail about who bought which episodes and the the path that these episodes took around the world, and you'll you'll sort of marvel at you know how well sold Doctor Who was at least initially, and the very strange paths a lot of these episodes that were returned took to get back to. Uh, the BBC, or at least to England anyway. The, the interesting thing out of the uh, latest reprints of that book was the fact that in the early 70s to mid-70s, the ABC actually sent back a lot of their black and white prints um, back to England. So the question out of that is how many of those uh, prints sort of were smuggled out and form quite a lot, a lot of basis for episodes that have been returned today? Yeah, the key date um, with regards to that, and it's not a it's not a rumor; it is a verifiable fact in the paperwork, uh, BBC paperwork, that in July 1975, a great number of black and white episodes were returned to the BBC by ABC TV in Australia. Numbers probably in you know fifty or sixty episodes, and I believe that episodes that have subsequently been returned um, via ex-employees of the BBC or, or or you know just general film collectors have come from that cache that was returned. Cuts to the underwater menace that were returned exactly matched the sensor clips retained here in Australia. And in actual fact, um, the, uh, Paul Venezes talks about contacting the relevant uh, archive holding here in Australia to get new copies of those sensor clips returned so that they can match it up with the episode that had been released. Uh, returned, sorry. I think that a lot of episodes that have been were returned in the 80s from film collectors and fans and that sort of thing in Britain, were had been liberated from what was returned in July 1975. Uh, you know the Dal- uh, Well, it, it, when you think the Dalek Master Plan, only one set of viewing prints were struck, sans the Feast of Stephen, and sent to the sent to Australia for consideration, and then were knocked back. They must have been returned to the BBC because the one the, the episodes that exist on the fixed 16 millimeter film have to have come from Australia. I can't see unless i'm wrong i can't see the bbc striking more than one set of prints if australia wasn't going to buy it then new zealand wasn't going to buy it and they they just came back they just came back to britain and and i would think that those episodes those three episodes that now exist uh come back from came back from that that a batch of 11 that were sent to australia were knocked back and returned so i think yeah that 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 that, that return in 1975 is a key is a key moment in in, in missing episode lore because I remember reading on the Missing Episodes forum a ex-ABC uh, employee was uh, was mentioning that uh, he he actually destroyed quite a lot of episodes himself. So the story was he you know he had his bandsaw was sawing through you know hundreds mm. of uh, Doctor Who prints, but yet we find out now that they were returned in '75, and there was a story that did they have two prints. Did they have some of the stories have two prints, or was that being debunked now? Did, did the did ABC just have a one print? It wouldn't make sense that the ABC would buy two sets of prints. Why would you do that and spend the extra money, unless they made copies themselves? But I can't see them going against their own the contract they signed. It would make sense that they, you know, they're bought, they come to Sydney, they're screened in Sydney, and then they do the rounds of each capital city in the country, the one cent of prints. And then once you know the the the, the rights to, to show it have expired, I would assume that they've sent them off to New Zealand, or they came from New Zealand in the first place, 
and then they were sent, say, to Singapore, or they were sent on to Hong Kong, which, of course, is where Toom was found in, in, the, in the early 90s. Um, but he, I mean, he, that, that person, I remember reading that, that comment from him. He doesn't specify an exact number, and, then, and also the number that were returned uh, in July 75 was not the whole amount of black and white episodes that the BBC, uh, sorry, the ABC purchased from the BBC. I mean, I, I think it was around, there is a list of episodes that were returned at that time, and it's, it's around 50 or 60 episodes, black and white episodes from Hartnell and Troughton. But I mean that that's just a that's just another thread in the whole fabric of the whole tapestry of uh, of missing episodes. Now, of course, fans being fans, um, everyone is interested in in learning and reading all about you know missing episodes. And I mean, as as we said before. 1981 uh, with the, the the winter special the DWM winter special where there was a list of 136 missing episodes is one of those key moments where fandom discovered that you know a great great section of the show's history uh, had been destroyed now um, at that stage 81 I wasn't buying DWM I didn't start buying it until sort of 1984 but when I did come across that that, that magazine I mean it was it was <laughs> it's fairly startling it's fairly startling and it was a it was an extensive article. I think Jeremy Bentham uh, wrote that, um, and it did galvanise a large number, a, a large amount of fandom. I mean, Richard Molesworth in in, in Wipe talks about um, you know how that you know made him aware of what was going on and his eagerness to to find out all he could about it. And I can imagine that was the same story for any number of fans. And we, we, but we must also remember that. Uh, what was rele- what was published in 1981, Anne Levine had been sort of living that since the late seventies, where you know he had been um, he had been made aware of the, the fact that the episodes were missing, in his when he he went he approached the BBC to buy episodes. I mean I was uh, quite surprised when I did come across that. I think that was my first inkling that there was something sort of going wrong or something had gone wrong, in a sense with regards to the retention of uh, Doctor Who episodes. But as the early eighties rolled through, there were constant constant talk and rumours and announcements of, of episodes being being uh, returned and I mean magazines or fanzines at that stage like DWB um, you know that I think they sort of uh, pumped up their uh, circulation early on in their um, in their uh, in it's in existence I mean I think uh, issues 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 all have something relating to missing episodes on their front cover uh, and you know again fandom was greatly interested in, in what was going on there it was their first insight into uh, th- their show really yeah I remember one of the covers said the words afro tapes do they exist exactly exactly and the next issue was mine the, the time meddler and the um, war machines being returned yeah I think that's a classic example of uh, the editor at that time knowing full well <laughs> that afro tapes did exist <laughs> and and getting uh, two interesting covers uh, out of that particular one story, um, I, I take yeah. my hat off to a, a Gary Levy or Gary Lee at that time uh, yeah. in, in doing so. But um, I mean, it was just a hot topic. The decline of the show was one hot topic, and uh, and the, the 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 search for missing episodes was was another hot topic. And you know, fanzines like D, uh, DWB were were quite eager to. Um, you know, ride on that, those coattails to uh, to increase readership. But I mean, it's just a fasc- it was just a fascinating story. It seemed every time you turned around, there was a. It's still happening now. Mm. Oh, exactly, exactly. It's just no. You're right. I mean, because uh, fanzines were the, the 80s version of today's uh, internet forums. 
That's right. It's the same. It's the same conversation. The show is in decline, but missing episodes are still. It's a constant. Um, and then, of course, I mean, you know, we episodes came back in dribs and drabs. I mean, whole stories like the Time Meddler, you know, the War Machines, uh, were returned. Ian Levine was instrumental in that. I mean, we, uh, you know, Venice has found uh, Paul Venice has found most of uh, the Reign of Terror. Uh, but the big, the and, and also the, there were you know color Pertwees that were being returned from Canada and Australia. And the Ice Warriors? Oh, of course, the Ice Warriors from Villiers' house. Um, mm. and, 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 of course, the so-called Mormon Temple, which was actually a, a, a sold-off uh, BBC, um, BBC building, so there's no surprise that something was found there. But, I mean, the big, the big find that um, one of those sort of capstones on, uh, on missing episode stories is, of course, Tomb of the Cybermen. Um, you, had the, you had a perfect storm there, really. This legendary story, which features one of the iconic... Monsters in the show featuring one of the most loved Doctor Who actors, Patrick Troughton, comes back to the BBC seemingly out of nowhere. Hong Kong of all places. Uh, and, you know, I think it was 1990, 1991. And uh, yeah. Tomb of the Cybermen is back. Tomb of the Cybermen is back. I mean, I remember picking up an issue of DWB. I think it was DWB 99. And then mm. DWB one hundred, which sort of you know had the the silver foil cover, or the blue blue fonted cover, and uh, it was just a great thing. And then I, I followed that up by picking it up on VHS, like you know many 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 thousands of Doctor Who fans. And that was just one of those key moments in my you know uh, my my interest in the show. And that probably did actually galvanise me during the nineties to be so interested in missing episodes, not only of Doctor Who but many other many other TV shows. What about you? I mean, when did you hear about uh, Tomb's discovery? It's like a JFK moment for Doctor Who fans, isn't it? I was at work and I had a phone call from somebody. Um, a friend of mine said, oh, look, Tomb's been found. And I'm going, oh, yes, yes, yes. And then, this is how old I am. Uh, he faxed me the article in DWB. He actually faxed it to me. And I was just reading this fax paper going, oh, my God. And and to their credit, they rushed released it. I think it was only it was like four or five months I think everybody had to wait to, to get it in on VHS and of course, yeah, it was within uh, the same year of its return yeah I think I think it was out in May and it was out a few weeks later locally but I got a copy from the UK I got a vast number of copies actually and did exchanges in McDonald's car parks <laughs> to all my friends <laughs> distributing it look looked quite suspect actually but uh, and then you, and of course there was no Doctor Who series at the time. There's nothing, no new series on. There's no series on. So of course, the focus was on this piece of uh, new Who, as it were. And, and that's uh, what, and that's one of the things that links this that return with the current rumours that Doctor Who is off the air at the moment. It's no, I don't think it's any coincidence that the reason, one of the reasons why Doctor Who fandom was in uproar in the last couple of weeks was because there's no show on. This rumour has fallen between. The uh, between the anniversary episode screening and you know the last episode of season seven are, are going out almost perfectly, maybe too perfectly, perhaps. So when you watched Tomb, what what were your initial thoughts? Were you pinching yourself or? Well, I obviously I had read the novelisation when I was younger. At that stage, I'd not watched much Doctor Who on VHS. I think it was yeah, no, I'd not watched much Doctor Who on VHS. So to be able to sit down and watch a black and white episode a black and white story that had been missing, I, I was entranced. I mean, you know, as with anything, the reality never lives up to the fan-embellished uh, chit-chat. But, I mean, you know, apart from all its, you know, you know the, the production flaws or budgetary restrictions, 
some fairly hammy acting by the uh, one of the American uh, accented actors. It it I, I loved it. I mean, it was re- it was just great to see more Troughton. I think the only time I'd have been exposed to Troughton was when the Mine Robber had been shot on the ABC in the mid eighties, and I was sort of looking at the Mine Robber, going, "What is this?" And um, and then of course you know by by the early nineties I was a bit more educated on you know the history of the, of the show and you know who Troughton was and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so so to be able to see it uh, on a friend's VHS player was uh, was really interesting and as I said it, it fired my interest in, in in missing episodes and I think it actually helped rekindle my interest in the show because at that stage I think I started buying DWM again uh, when I was at university uh, so I probably can. Um, uh, yeah, ascribe my return to the show, in quotation marks, uh, at around that time. So, yeah, thank you to whoever in Hong Kong TV who was, it was who uh, found it and, and, announced, uh, and announced it to the BBC. On the uh, commentary for the Reign of Terror DVD, they had Paul Venezes and uh, Phil Morris talking about the hunt and you know how they're going. I'm actually quite safe in the knowledge that those guys are doing everything they can to find them. And I think anybody else who thinks about emailing a broadcaster, don't do it because these guys are on the case. If they're, if they're gonna, if something's gonna be recovered from a, an overseas broadcast, I think these guys are the ones to do it. Exactly. Yeah, Paul Venezes at the moment is. Uh is the key uh, researcher he's got he's got his finger in a lot of pies i mean he's been looking into africa for a number of years and he has promised that once the fruits of that research are available they will be released as uh, so i've been patiently waiting for two or three years uh, hopefully the fruits of his research are 90 episodes but um no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that that particular rumor is, is true it's interesting that phil morris quite happy to go on uh to that commentary track and, and talk about you know in part um his search through africa and then when the uh, the whole brouhaha was going on with uh, 90 episodes apparently it was him who posted on his on his uh, company website uh, a strangely emotional a strangely incoherent posting about you know you're doing more harm than good there are no episodes have been returned ever they'll never be found they're all gone they're all gone he was basically saying which for a man who's engaged in a hunt and has been engaged in a hunt for quite some years, it's just a very strange thing to say. So I'm not quite sure what under pressure, what pressure he felt. Um, it's just an interesting, it, just the whole, just the responses um, in the last, you know, the last little while from a variety of people. I mean, they have sort of started to open up. Uh, you just, you don't get the outright denial and an outright denial would be good even though some fans wouldn't believe it. Uh, and I think the, the the sort of this I think the debunking of the ninety episodes uh, return uh, at this stage anyway is is a convenient thing for them because they can uh, you know these researchers because they can sort of when anyone actually sort of asks anything about missing episodes at the moment they can just sort of point to the you know to, to the ninety episodes and say that's been debunked when there, there is another rumor going around that it's not not ninety episodes it's really only seventeen. But they're sort of getting folded into the 90 episode thing and it's conveniently used as a, a way of debunking it. But the truth, as they say, will be will be re- revealed later on. I mean, it, it would be clear to me that if nothing is announced by November 23rd, the 50th anniversary, uh, nothing has been returned, then nothing has been returned. That All these rumours were just f- fandom uh, losing its mind, uh, as it periodically does, 
and uh, and uh, nothing will have been returned, and that'll be it. And you know, and and the thing is, even though a lot of hopes of it will have been dashed, we're in no, we would be in no worse position. 106 episodes are still missing. It's not as if they were in a plane that downed itself in the Atlantic or in a ship that sunk or something like that on the way back. They just they weren't ever found. It's still in a, a lot better position than some TV shows from the 60s. For example, like that soccer one. Was it United Soccer Soap show in the 60s? that did like 180 episodes. Nothing exists, which might be a good thing. But in archive television, there's a lot more TV shows in a lot worse state than what... Uh, Doctor Who is. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there are classic shows like uh, Out of the Unknown, which is missing a great number of episodes. Doomwatch, which was, mm. you know, a, a very early example of environmental consciousness shown on TV. Um, a large number of its later episodes are missing. Till uh, Death Do Us Part, which, you know, in terms of depicting uh, society at that time in the early 70s, uh, bits of, a large number of that are missing. Three episodes of Dad's Army, which is a much-loved comedy series, uh, are still missing. I mean, stuff like Dixon of Doc Green and, and Zed Cars, which were wildly popular in their heyday, um, there's probably no audience for them anymore, which is which is really sad. I mean, the bill gets box sets, but um, later episodes of uh, Dixon of Doc Green uh, don't for some reason. So, and you, and that, which is very strange because you think that a lot of TV these days is commercially exploitable, uh, even just from a nostalgia viewpoint. I mean, you don't have to go to the great extent that the restoration team goes in, in restoring black and white and color examples of Doctor Who. You just you know slap it on a dvd and get it out there and you know with minimal cost and you know maximal return so if you had any uh stories that you'd like to see returned at your top three what would they be um top three well i would go hartnell the massacre i remember listening to the cd of the soundtrack uh when it when it came out and being just completely caught up in it i mean it's a it's a an historical uh, Hartnell plays two roles, uh, which is unusual for the show, and uh, and it's an interesting period in European history. And I I just think that uh, we have so many examples of you know science fictional Doctor Who that um, something like that, um, which is you know relatively unknown. I don't know that there are any telesnaps, or I can't think of any telesnaps that exist for it. It would be that would be great just to be able to see. No, I don't think there are. So, I mean, you have the soundtrack, which is fairly decent. And, you know, the soundtrack is good. And if the soundtrack is good, well, you know, hell. With Hartnell's performance there, where as as the abbot of uh, Ambois, he's playing it straight. He's not putting on the, his typical Doctor Who performance. He's playing it straight as a sinister, you know, scheming uh, abbot. Um, so it'd be very interesting to see him do that. Um, as for, you know, two other... Stories, I suppose uh, you'd have to plump for, say, uh, you know, a couple of Troutons just because he's so poorly represented in the archives. Oh, I suppose I'd like to see early Trouton, you know, one of his f- first couple of stories. Just, you know, maybe just the Highlanders because I, I know so very little about it. I mean, it's essentially Jamie's introduction and uh, that would probably be great to, to, to have. Um, and, and for a third... The, the sad fact is that there's so much that is missing that you, you've, got, you've got to choose from. Just to wind it back, I would love to be able to see the savages. Because again, it's it's like the Highlanders. It ve- I mean, telesnaps do exist for it, which is great. There's, there's, a, there's a very, very interesting shot of a character being carried down a corridor with way too much of her her um, her, uh, her bum being revealed for some reason. I'm not quite sure what was going on there. But the savages, I mean, again, Hartnell was on his way out. And it was a possible, is a possibility that that was going to be a you know so-called regeneration story where 
Hartnell goes and someone comes in and takes his place. But it's just, you know, uh, Stephen leaves and and uh, and Hartnell sort of, is he coming back? Is he not coming back? And just, it's a story that you know so very little about. And it's just, again, it's just interesting to see how the production team handles those those particular stories, you know. Uh, the, the massacre would be, you know, the, the prototypical, the archetypal BBC historical drama. The Highlander, the Highlanders would be, you know, something interesting as well. And um, the Savages, I think, would be interesting. They're, they're fairly obscure stories, and I know everyone goes for power and evil and Dalek master plan, and that's great. That'd be great to have those back. But in terms of, I think Galaxy Four and Underwater Menace Two has shown us that these more obscure stories have much more to offer if you're able to see the story itself, if you're able to see the performances of the leads themselves and how the production crew realised the script. So they're my three anyway. What do you think? Well, my three, uh, I'd start like you, Hartnell. I'd go the uh, Myth Makers, the hysterical historical, as I call it. They've got the soundtrack, and I, I remember listening to the soundtrack and really enjoying it. No Tell You Snap exists. I just really enjoyed reading the book as well. So that's, that'd be definitely one of my Hartnells to come back. Uh, I'm going to be really boring and plumb for power of the Daleks because we've only got clips existing. We've got some stories that have got an episode here and there which sort of gives you a, a flavour of what they are. But power, we've got a lot of clips and some of them thanks to you. Definitely plumb for that. And also Fury from the Deep because uh, yes. the book is great, the soundtrack's great, the clips that do survive. I just want to see more. No, I agree. That, that's actually that's probably a better list than mine. Fury from the Deep would be, you know... I'd, I'd love to say that. It just seems... Just from that clip with the uh, Oaken Quill, um, just seems very, very messy. Yeah, that is absolutely amazing, that clip. And that went out at tea time, <laughs> you know, on a Saturday night. Yes. Crikey. No wonder they were diving for the sofa. <laughs> Generation of children um, scarred for life, basically. In 81, when that uh, the summer special came out with a list of, you know, the missing episodes, I mean, season five and four were horribly, you know, underrepresented. Um, season fives have been a little bit better over the last, you know, maybe twenty years. So, yeah, in terms of a, a complete serial or one episode from a serial, definitely Fury. Yeah, no, I agree. I might have to scratch the savages and go with the with Fury from the Deep. Hard to say. Hard to say. Wouldn't it be a massive disappointment if they all get six episodes of the Space Pirates back? Well, I I I, I know and appreciate and understand your uh, dislike for it. Um, you know, it is it is slow, etc. And it is six six episodes of slowness, apparently. Any return is good news. I understand. I know. That, yeah, any know. return is good news. And but yeah, I think we have to play it a bit smart. I mean, you know, not all return black and white episodes are classic Doctor Who. You know, and and the Space Pirates may not be classic Doctor Who. Uh, and in, in those instances, well, I can forgive the failings of the the script and the production. I mean, it's just interesting to see. It'd just be great to see more Troughton. Really, I mean, Troughton is. Uh, just a fascinating figure in and of himself, and you know his 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 role with the show uh, is a is a fascinating era, and uh, it'd just be good to see more of his performances. But you know, sadly, it, it's probably not to be. But um... so, what's what's your favourite orphaned episode? So that Lost in Time DVD that came out in oh, two thousand and four, I think. What's your favourite episode of that set? Oh, well, it's uh, it's the existing episode of Evil. It's really startling. I mean, we we all know the Doctor Who was a science fiction or science fantasy show. It's just startling to see uh, the Doctor in a, in, a, in, a, in a then modern day setting. You know, he's breaking into a store. He's confronting. A, he's, he's coming across a, a dead body. There's a mystery there, and then he's zapped back to the to the uh, to, to Victorian England. Um, it just just wonderful to see 
how the how the, the the show marries those two aspects of it you know the, the present day and the past and with the science fictional element in there with the, with the daleks and their time travel and you know obviously later on the uh, the, the human factor and, and that sort of thing so it's just it's just really it's just interesting to see it's just interesting to see and, and patrick troughton is always watchable i mean i could i could wax lyrical about patrick troughton from here from from now until you know doomsday it's just a wonderful wonderful it's just a wonderful wonderful actor in the role and you know beautifully beautifully cast and played so yeah evil of the daleks for me well the fear part one for me but evil's a close second just so much spookiness and it's got trout in it as well so what can you say what can you say i mean i I mean this is the topic for another podcast but we could you could discuss at length why is patrick trout such a wonderful doctor and you know what is it what is it about his performance that you know keeps people coming back again and again and and you know inspires say matt smith for instance in his performance So, Mark, I mean, we've we've spent the better part of an hour and a bit talking about you know the the background of missing episodes and uh, and, and and the returns during the eighties and nineties. I mean, what is your gut feel with regards to these rumours now? And as as we've said, you know, rumours come and go, and and and, and fan interest spikes and, and falls. But with regards to these these this um, set of rumours, what's your gut feel on you know the veracity of any of it? My heart tells me they're all there, but my logical. Uh component of my brain says that uh very unlikely maybe one or two maybe but i don't know and that's the thing because it's been uh, to be honest some of these rumors though from what different sources you hear you know hear them from there are very similar patterns in terms of what they're saying so some part of me goes you know what must be true must be true and that, when i saw that shipping manifest i said oh my god it's on I think I sent an email out saying it's on, but of course it debunked. So I'm maybe 90, 90% uh, nothing's going to happen, but 10% maybe something will. Yeah, no, that's a, a smart place to be. I mean, my, my standard default position is, given that only 30 episodes have been returned in the last 30 years, the chances of any further episodes being returned is pretty minimal. That said, you're going to get situations like, you know, in 2011 when two episodes came, came back from the same collector which is going to prove you wrong. But uh, my, my default position is, you know, basically almost outright scepticism. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm still enough of a romantic that you do hope that these sort of things, you know, these episodes can be returned. I mean, I, you, you can't see 106 ever coming back. It's just not going to happen. And something like 90 episodes, I think it was always ever a, a fantasy, just given the, the, the limited number of sales that happened for the Troughton episodes, a maximum of three prints or four prints for the power of the Daleks, just and never to, I think some of them never went to Africa in the first place. Just militates against any any 90, 90 episode returns from Africa. It just you, you just can't think that it makes sense. But as you were saying, um, my contacts, and again, my contacts are second or third hand, so you can take it as you as you as you want. But they are so persistent in their avowal, avowal that their contacts are sure that their contacts work in the BBC, that they work in the BBC and they know people who are working on restoring the episodes at the moment or, or planning on their release. And they're insistent and they're concrete. They, they refuse to budge that the 90 episode, talk of the 90 episodes return uh, was entirely separate 
to the talk of the return of Marco Polo, Enemy of the World, and the Web of Fear. So if it's 90 episodes, magnificent. But I doubt it very much. I'm 99.9% sure that that's rubbish. And like you, when I saw the shipping manifest, I was it was just sort of this creeping realization that, hang on, there are 90 episodes that have been returned. What the hell's this? It, is it possible? It seems like it's possible. And then Levine comes out and goes, yes, it's true. In the teeth of, you know, uh, you know, attacks from left and right. And he said himself that he lost a couple of friendships. And then that sort of died away now. To my, my, my particular source who says it is the 17 episodes of these three stories. My contact is sure. I have seen other evidence and I am sure. So... Um, so given that, if you're going to put it in percentages, I mean, I'm like you, I'm 90% sure that nothing is coming back by November 23rd, but I'm hopeful that I'm 10% hopeful that something will come back. And like we said before, if nothing ever comes back, sorry, if nothing comes back related to this, it's disappointing, but we are no worse off. We've probably wasted a few hours in front of the computer hitting refresh, refresh, but, uh, and, and spending probably too much time emailing each other and, and, and messaging each other and, and talking about it. But uh, it's all part and parcel of being a fan, isn't it? All right, so I think we've covered uh, missing episodes uh, at, uh, at at length, Mark. So I think we probably should wind it up now. So um, join us all again on our little podcast, 42 to Doomsday. Um, we welcome your emails to uh, the Gmail address, uh, 42 to Doomsday at Gmail, and also uh, our Twitter account, at 42 to Doomsday. So until next time, I've been Robert. And I've been Mark. And we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye.